0: NFL. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. College. Elliott breaks free. Ezekiel Elliott gets a block. And bust to the end zone. This is go for three.
1: August eighteenth. Welcome back to another episode of the Go for Three podcast. I'm your host AJ Weir, along with Neil Schraffenberger, back and ready for another week. We're going to continue with the NFL previews. We move on to the NFC South this week, and uh, we'll see what those guys can do. And we'll do our first college conference preview. We're going to start with the ACC, and then, uh but let's just get right into it. The NFL Hall of Fame induction over the weekend. Uh, the 2016 class went in. There was eight guys that went in. Um most notably, it included Brett Favre. Uh, the other people that went in as players were Orlando Pace, Kevin Green, Marvin Harrison, uh, Ken So There's only five that went in as players. I apologize. Tony Dungy uh, going in the Hall of Fame as a coach. And then two gentlemen that I do not know much, if anything, about, Eddie DiBartolo Jr. and Dick Stanfield. I think both those guys went in as as uh, owners, I believe, but I could be completely wrong on there. Um so did you did you watch any of the of the induction?
0: No, I'm not really for that, and you know how I feel about preseason NFL games. I know the game itself didn't actually happen.
1: Yeah, we'll have to touch on that.
0: Yeah, it was just another story. Um, I did see some of the highlights. I'm always just a fan of Brett Favre, just because he's one of those guys that's like just as popular now as he was when he's playing. He has no shame in throwing himself in any copper guard or whatever that is. Ad.
1: Oh, for yeah, like like the the, the compression sleeves or what's the. Uh, there was that like shaving blade, like the.
0: It was also the same company. The oh, was it? Yeah, that, they used, oh, they used the same that? they use the same material, I think. So somehow they went from like workout stuff for your back to shaving blades, which was strange. Yeah, Ooh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a booming market, so I guess it's it's available. Uh, I mean, I saw I saw a little bit of him speak. Didn't really see much of the other stuff. Uh, I saw a little bit of Ken Stabler, which I like. Did anyone do you remember Ken Stabler? He's a great player. I feel like no one talks about him.
1: He was, um, you know, all that he he was the leader of those those great Raiders teams back in I want to say like late late seventies early eighties. Yeah, that's think, right, the, correct. The, the teams that They're really it, sketchy
0: Raiders. Yeah,
1: the teams that John Madden was coaching. Yes, which which I feel like we're probably some of the last people that know that John Madden was a coach and not like just a commentator and a video game guy. Well,
0: I. I I always knew he was the video game guy first. Then I learned, you know, the commentator yeah. Then eventually, oh, yeah, he coached some of those great Raiders teams. Uh, yeah, so I, I watched a little bit of that. Um, Dungey, I just hear all the time, so I just I kind of drowned it out. He always sounds the same to me. But I saw Favre. Uh, what about you? Did you watch anything in particular?
1: I caught uh, the very beginning of it, which was mostly just when they were introducing everybody. And then I actually uh, caught a very small snippet of Tony, Tony Dungey's speech. Uh, I'm a big Tony Dungy fan. I think he's he's a good guy. I think one he's uh one of the good guys in football. He always talks about, you know, things that are kind of more important in the game. Um you know, his his players and um you know, not not sacrificing everything just to win. Uh he's he's definitely got a really good character. Um so I always enjoy listening to him, but unfortunately I wasn't able to hear a lot of him. Um what I did like though was that at least maybe and maybe I'm slow to this they changed the induction ceremony they did it at night this year and I think for a while they've been doing it during the daytime so which I think is good because otherwise you have all those people sitting in that stadium just baking in the sun all day and they do it at the 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 Pro Football Hall of Fame stadium the stands are just at least as far as I as far as I know are just like just like the metal bleachers so you just you got all these people packed into this stadium in the middle of August, in the middle of the afternoon, it's it's got to get kind of gross there.
0: Yeah, no, I have to sit like us common people like high school football games. I, yeah. I can't be a lot of fun. And you go in Canton, it's not like you doing anything doing anything beforehand. It's like, hey, let's get lunch at that Denny's across the street. <laughs> like, like is that, no, no offense to Canton, but like it's just not, you know, it's not a professional football town. I mean, why do they? Why do they get the Hall of Fame? By the way, I know like high school football is big up it's there.
1: where professional football was started was in Canton, Ohio. Oh, in really? nineteen thirty or forty something, yeah. Or like like organized like official professional football, like kind of I guess where the NFL would trace its the the beginnings of the NFL would trace back to.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: But that's all that's there. If, if you are ever curious about Canton, Ohio, you—if you are going there for anything other than the Football Hall of Fame, I am curious as to what you are going there for. Hopefully, Unless it's you got family, family there,
0: yeah. Or even then, you might just skip through it <laughs> right up to Cleveland. You know, uh, I am always curious with Marvin Harrison just because of his whole like. Obviously, he was an awesome player, mm-hmm. and his numbers is not, is not even deniable. Like how awesome he was, yeah. He You know, first ballot as far—well, he wasn't first ballot, was he? This was his. Th- Third year okay. of, of eligibility, but I feel like his numbers are very first ballot. Now, the thing with the pro football is they only let so many people in, so it's not like you know. I think what's the number they keep it? They keep the number limited. I want to say it's seven, maybe. I, say, oh, I was no. gonna
1: say six, but it, it could be. It, it's definitely they definitely keep it smaller each year, um, which I don't know if that's maybe they just they just want it that way, or if like I know baseball Hall of Fame, you have to hit a certain percentage to get in and you also have to hit a certain percentage to even stay on the ballot um i'm not exactly sure how the football does it but they do they are usually pretty small classes
0: yeah i feel like they do that on purpose you know it's because you don't want to get you know a class of 15 people in which i understand that yeah um but obviously harrison had i don't know he just had a very like of all the people i would never have guessed his off the field life would be anything remotely like that
1: yeah well i believe it was um i'm trying to think of who the story involved him and a gun
0: and, and some other and, altercations.
1: Yeah, and um who what 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 magazine was that article in? It's actually a very well-written article. It's, it's it's a great article. It's long. It's not time, um, not
0: Time magazine, is it?
1: No, I don't think it is. I want to say it was like the New York Times or something, which that, that's a newspaper, but uh uh if if you just just google Marvin Harrison like gun the, the the point of the story is a gun that was linked to him was also at the same time linked to a murder. Yes, and it's very everything in between there is very sketchy, and there's rumors about like him, kind of almost being like a mob head in areas of Philadelphia. Um, yeah, it's he's he's kind of got which not a lot of people know about, which I guess is good for him for for kind of keeping that under wraps. Uh, but it is kind of a a sketchy and surprising off field Marvin Harrison.
0: Yes. So were you upset that the game did not get played?
1: I was not upset because I was probably not going to watch it.
0: Me either. And I was telling our, my roommate, Eric, before we started the show that, can we just get rid of it and do like a seven-on-seven seven or something of that nature? Like, or I don't know, something fun because they don't actually play real football.
1: Yeah, they don't. The, the, the only people that are playing in that game really are guys that, that – might make the roster. Your your starters might play a series, and if they do, your quarterback's probably going to hand the ball off three times and punt. Um, I think who was it? Oh, Rogers wasn't even going to play in the game for Green Bay. Yeah,
0: yeah. What's the point of even do? I mean, it's 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 all fun and exciting, and I'm sure the NFL makes a lot of money off of this, which is why they do it. Um, which is funny because they made such a monumental mistake in, in, in the field, yeah um, basically it's just like you know like playing on concrete or you know if if players would fall there'd be serious repercussions for their bodies, so like we're not doing this
1: yeah uh, uh, thing the article that I had read really quickly um, it was some issue with the paint that was used at the 50 yard line for the logo and then also in the end zones um, and they they gave some people some worries. It was interesting though, I think it was D'Angelo Williams for the Steelers who Steelers played in the Hall of Fame game last year, they said he tweeted at the NFL that like, you know, the field was just as bad last year yet you let us keep playing and uh he said there was several uh guys that had to leave the game for several knee tweaks and I think somebody for the Steelers tore an ACL in that game. So it was it's just weird. Yeah, interesting. I would have to I would definitely go back and double check that, but um yeah, it was kind of interesting if if the, the field didn't improve why? Or, or I'm also curious as to how it was paint. If that's what actually it was, it was paint that made this surface unsafe. I don't really know how that would – I don't really know where they're getting their paint from then.
0: Yeah, it's – you think they would mess that up? It's kind of important. It's a lot of money.
1: You also would think that, like, this is like the first, you know, how we talked on here, that if the game was played last night, that that Sunday until February, every Sunday would have football. By the on. way, they, yeah, they lied. Yeah they, they, yeah, they lied to me. Now i got to wait a whole nother Sunday to get football.
0: To – you know, maybe watch a preseason game that you probably won't. Yeah. My thing is, so they refunded the money for the ticket.
1: hmm
0: What about the transportation? Like, what if I'm one of those weird people who likes to travel to Canton? I would go all the way there, and I got nothing to show for it.
1: That's that's just a risk you got to take, man. I mean, I imagine it's just the first time it's I'm, ever been canceled. I'm imagining that a lot of people were... Made that a whole like weekend trip, like went to the induction and then were there for the game as well. So sure,
0: but still, like you know, it's, I you know I pay all this money. It's like it's, it's like if you went to uh to Boston watch a Red Sox game, and I guess that's the risk you take. The the game gets rained out, mm-hmm. but that's different. That's like weather. This is like them messing up. Yeah, it's like if it's like if they messed up with like some part of the field. You know, that's different.
1: I mean, I was worried that the NFL wouldn't refund those tickets. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them. Um, I actually saw saw a very funny video today that was uh, uh, the caption of it was why the Hall of Fame game was really canceled, and it was a clip from um, the Batman Dark Knight Rises movie, and it was the scene where the field blows up behind the kick returner, and it <laughs> yes. showed it had instead of. Uh, uh, I can't remember the the actor's name, but it had it had Roger Goodell in the box that that the mayor of Gotham was in when it blows up, and then when Bane when Bane walks out, they put Tom Brady's face. Nice, on him. yeah, it was yes. really funny. It who, was it was funny. Who did that? I don't know. I randomly saw it on Facebook today. I think somebody, I think one of my friends shared a, a link to some page, and it was, and that's where I saw it.
0: Well, props to that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad he did that. All right. Well, again, there's not a lot of football news, so. You know, a lot of these episodes I'll be doing going forward are preview episodes, which I like to do. Um, I feel like people like listening to them, especially when you can go back and re-listen to them. Like, man, I was way off. Um, Like last year when I predicted Auburn to win the national championship. Yeah. Not only was I, you know, not only did they not make the playoffs, they weren't even remotely close.
1: Not only did they not win the national championship, they they didn't make the playoff. They didn't win the SEC. They didn't win the SEC West.
0: They weren't even like.
1: Did they make a bowl game?
0: No, I think they made a bowl game, but they were like it, in the, might have been, it must have been close. I think they, had, I think they were like one win above five hundred, <laughs> um, and you know, they were beating up on the second half of the SEC. But they got smoked by LSU. They got smoked. that was early too. Yeah, they got real smoked. They got smoked by somebody else. It went downhill from there. They actually played Alabama like somewhat tight. I mean, they, they were never really in it, but they didn't get demolished. It wasn't but, terrible, yeah. yeah. But anyway, you know, it just goes to show that you know people can be way off, but. We'll get to ACC. Let's start with um, our NFL preview. Yeah, I think we're on NFC South. Is that right? Yes,
1: we are. So let's just start at the Atlanta Falcons. They were 8-8 and in 2015. They started their season off pretty strong. I think they were 4 or 5-0. They looked really good in that first Monday night game against Philadelphia when everybody was talking about how this, this new, the new Chip Kelly Eagles and everybody were going to be so good. Um, they made that defense look really bad. Um, who who is i guess was Philadelphia's corner that Julio Jones just had a field day on oh they paid him a bunch of money too i'm not i'm not going to remember his name the end of 2015 though however was a completely different case um did not finish strong and a lot of that was because of the, of the, their defense they they struggled to rush the passer they struggled to get sacks and Quarterbacks opposing quarterbacks had all day to throw on them, and when you're playing against guys like Drew Brees, even if he is getting older, he can, he's still a good thrower, and Cam Newton and all the other guys they played, it made for a really long November and December for the Falcons. Um, I think that it's gonna kind of going to be a lot of the same for them this year. Um, I I just don't know if their offense can score enough points to make up for where their defense is right now.
0: So, remind me, who is their coach? He was from Seattle. He was the D coordinator. I might about to look this one up here.
1: Is it Dan Quinn? That's right. That yeah. is Dan
0: Quinn. Sorry. Um, you yeah, know, typical white guy name. It's hard. It's difficult. But he, it was funny because the first six games, were six 6-0. Like, oh, man, Dan Quinn really making an impact. Look at that defense go. And then all of a sudden, the team just went way downhill. Like, I, I, I will at least assume they would have made the playoffs at 6-0.
1: You would think if you start 6-0. just and 0, as a wild go, card gosh. minimum,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I know Carolina was obviously playing great too, but like you, you still assume okay, well, well, we'll still at least make the playoffs at six and zero. You know, you have a really good shot. Mm-hmm. I imagine other teams, you know, at least eighty, probably about, at least seventy five, eighty percent. I would guess. I don't know. We have to look it up from that point on. But of course, you know, offensively they have weapons. You know, with with Ryan and and Julio when he is playing, um the running back I'm drawing a blank again shouldn't be this difficult
1: Jaquiz or, or no Ja-quiz rogers no he was up? on
0: the team once it was <laughs> it was a running back we were all mad we didn't get and and then Jimmy had him in our fantasy league to wow. have to re look him back up but he he came out of nowhere and had a good season Julio played well as usual um
1: he 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 does have the problem though of fighting the injury bug here and there and he seems to kind of miss him for like ticky tack injuries like Turf toe, which some people, which a lot of athletes say actually is not a ticky tack injury. It actually really hurts. Yeah, it could be
0: a serious um, thing going forward. But yeah. it just seemed
1: he seemed to kind of have like little nagging things, like you know, like maybe his hamstring wouldn't be a hundred percent or something else would bother him. And it's like I don't ever remember him get being like injured, injured, like going into a week. You were like Julio Jones is definitely not playing this week because he's still recovering from whatever. It was always like oh he's he's questionable, he's doubtful,
0: yeah, et cetera with Matt Ryan, you you kind of know what you're going to get. Somewhat you're going to get above average quarterback who always seems to have potential to be better than than what he's shown. But at the same time, you know, he's not quite in that elite tier and that's what that's what Atlanta with that defense that's not you know, not great at all. I don't know what it is. Maybe Dan Quinn maybe makes some adjustments and they become better. But until then, you're going to need Ryan to really step up and become a big player.
1: DeVonta Freeman. That's
0: who it was. Yes. Yep. Yeah, he had a killer first six games for them. Yeah, he had a couple thirty-point fantasy games. I'm glad you could find that. Yeah, I think it really just comes down to you either need Matt Ryan to take another leap and it'll be all offense, no defense, or you need the defense to come up and meet them halfway to be good again.
1: Yeah, they're they're, they're right now they're just kind of a, a middle of the pack team, and if if they're gonna get better, they need to do it either you know in internally by coaching and improving their own players or. um they need to get get a big free agent. they're if they don't do anything, they're just kind of going to hang out and and not really get get anywhere.
0: Yeah, so I think we both have them in the same spot. I have them, I have them about I think where you have them, it's an eight and eight. Is what was your prediction was?
1: Yeah, um, they're eight and eight last year. I see them going going eight and eight again. Probably cl- uh, more likely a seven and nine. I mean, they have to play Carolina twice. I think Tampa Bay, who we'll talk about next is going to improve. those will be two tough games, even the one in Atlanta. Um, I can't remember who their cross division opponents are. It's going to be another average year for the Falcons
0: That's like the definition of their franchise. It's just average
1: minus um, the year with minus the year they made the Super Bowl and when they upset the the Vikings, that's true that, but that's like the only highlight.
0: Yeah, there's not much else going on there. But I mean, I'm saying the last 15 years, you know, what they'd really... I guess they won the NFC Championship with Michael Vick that one year. Anyway, let's talk about Tampa. Uh, they were 6-10 and 10 last year. And, of course, they got rid of Lovey Smith after only two years of being the coach. Uh, Dirk Cutter is their new um, coach. He was the quarterback's coach. And, apparently, uh, Jameis has a real fondness for him. And that's I think, why they went ahead and... They kind of like forego like the whole recruiting process to begin with. I mean, they had all these fake candidates come in.
1: Uh, yeah, they they kind of um, that that was kind of all for show. And, and a lot of the talk was that Lovey was leaving solely because they wanted Dirt Cutter because they thought that he was going to get uh, a lot of offers from from other places. And it was kind of a hey, we think we got something really special here, and we don't want to lose him. As opposed to really wanting, what well, I think, as opposed to really get, wanting to get rid of Lovey Smith, which, as we talked about when it happened, I was not a fan of. I thought they should have kept Lovey.
0: I'm cool with the move just because if you think you're going to lose the guy who really makes, you know, stirs a strength in the draw, you might as well go get him. Um, as far as Jameis, you know, he, str- he struggled the very first game of the, of the rookie. He had the, it's like four interceptions, I want to say. I think his first NFL pass was a pick six. Yes it was. So that's not good. But ever since then he uh, outplayed Mariota and he I think he had the slightly better rookie season although you could argue either way really. And he showed a lot of potential. And he didn't have any off-season he had no off the field issues.
1: Way to go Jameis. Proud yeah, of him. Made a whole year. Yeah, the, the the start of that game against Tampa against Tennessee against Mariota first game out, you know, picks one pick one versus pick two. Uh Went about as bad as it could have, um, but he definitely improved. And they actually had a shot at making the playoffs with about a month ago in the season. They were six and six, and unfortunately, they finished the, the season on a four-game losing streak. Um, I think they're going to make. They could make some noise and and maybe make a run at a wild card. I don't think that they'll get it, but I think that they'll be in a similar situation to last year, and it'll last. They'll be in playoff talks a little bit longer than they were last year. I think that the key is going to be. How does Jameis Winston continue to develop, and especially his relationship with Mike Evans, because that could be a very good quarterback wide receiver combination for years to come.
0: I love me some Mike Evans back when he's with Johnny. Uh, I think they, I mean, they still have a rookie coach, so we got to keep that in mind. I think they still have six wins. I don't think they really improve at all. Uh, and when I say that, it doesn't mean that they don't maybe show signs of, of beating good teams, but they're still going to make still a very young team at heart, at least at the key positions, and at head coach. And typically, those teams don't always do so successful. So I, I think they're going to have the same amount of wins this year. And they make the jump next year.
1: So you think it's, it's a year three jump for Jameis? For Jameis, yeah.
0: And that's typically what it is for quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, yeah. New Orleans Saints uh, used to be the kings of the south. You know, they, they made a couple deep playoff runs several years in a row, uh, several years back. 7-9 and nine in 2015, and they just kind of had a rough start. Uh, they were 0-3, 0-4 to start the season, and they never really recovered from there. Um, Drew Brees is in the last year of his contract, and it's kind of surprising that nobody's talking about this. Uh, the Brees and the Saints aren't talking to each other. There's, there isn't negotiations trying to go on right now, so I don't know if both sides are in agreement that he needs to show them something because he is getting older, or if maybe they've already agreed that, hey, we don't really – we don't really see a future together after the end of the season. I, I I just find it kind of interesting that it's not that it's not being talked about more, or that they're not talking.
0: I don't know. It's one of those things. It's kind of like a, that Brett Favre scenario when they had Aaron Rodgers. I guess the difference is they don't have an Aaron Rodgers in the waiting, at least that we know, I don't know of.
1: Oh, who, who they got behind him?
0: That's a good question. So, but he is getting a little older, and the problem with Breeze is he's never had a strong arm, um, at least since the surgery. That's for sure, and he's relying strictly on you know, his brain kind of like Manning was last year, although he wasn't, you know, breezes in near to that point yet, but he's, you know, you could see signs of him getting to that point where he's having, you know, difficulty making that, you know, 30 yard pass or that, that deep out route, that timing route. And, you know, if you're the saints, you gotta be looking in the future. Do we want to pay this guy another huge contract, which he's going to require. He's, he's known to be a tough negotiator. Um, definitely was at San Diego. And then even his last contract that he signed, he was like that as well. And it's tough because you know, he's definitely been the face of the franchise and he's been the face of re- him and Sean Payton have been the face of that re- revitalization of that franchise. Um, and really the only success they've had in the NFL, a real major success. So it's a tough decision. If I'm them, if I'm the Saints, you know, I'm trying to look, look, man, maybe a, a large two-year deal, but I wouldn't do anything past that.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's probably mostly due to the the age factor with him. You know he he is getting up there. He's well past thirty. Um, I, I think just solely from it, and it's you would maybe think that there'd be the whole loyalty kind of thing, like oh well this guy's you know this guy's helped your franchise and led you back, but you're not going to get the same production out of him that you have been in the past. So I, I I think if they do re-sign him, I I kind of agree with you. Two-year deal. It might be something kind of similar to the the Fitzpatrick thing we saw with the Jets where maybe it's kind of an, an average to maybe a little bit lower base salary but then you pack it with some incentives because you know then it's kind of like well if you want more money you got to play well and you got to help us
0: yeah incentive base would be good of course their defense is still not great and that's also been an issue for them as well yeah. uh, of course their their home field's great too which which does help I think they also go like Atlanta they go eight and eight. You know,
1: I got him 7 and 9. So I'll I'll go one below that. I one. think they
0: lost a lot of close games last year. I think they rebounded a little bit from that, but not good enough talent-wise outside of, you know, quarterback to really make any difference anywhere else.
1: Last but most certainly not least, the defending division champions, Carolina Panthers. They were an exciting story last year. Started 14 and 0. Um they were going for the undefeated regular season until they lost to Atlanta the second to last week of the season. Um but they had a great playoff run, um, beat, the, beat the Seahawks, impressively beat the Cardinals in the NFC Championship game. Uh, but we all know about how Super Bowl 50 ended. It was not the ending that Carolina or Cam Newton won for their season. So they kind of uh, – I think that really left a bad taste in their mouth. I mean, last time we saw Cam Newton, he was walking out of the, the, the press conference, the post-game press conference early.
0: Yeah, it was an unfortunate ending to an otherwise you know storybook season. And Cam Newton, you know MVP, you know basically with like three or four games left it was basically out of question. he was definitely gonna be the guy. he played extremely well easily his best season to date. I think he still plays well. I don't think he's the MVP this year or I don't even think he's in the top three candidates. doesn't mean he's not gonna play well. Uh, I just think that you know maybe defenses figure him out a little bit more this year. Um, I'm still not completely. Like obviously, he's a great runner, and physically, he's gifted, and his arm is amazing. I'm still not sure if he's quite on that that Brady Rodgers level as far as just, just you know dissecting defenses, or even even Roethlisberger, who he's been compared to.
1: I think he that's definitely where he has room to improve is the mental side of the game. But that's also the part of the game that takes the most effort, or I shouldn't say the most effort that takes the longest. It takes the most time to develop. You can't really. Rush that, rush the, the the mental understanding of the game.
0: The only guy I see who does it really well, and it's kind of a different aspect, is I think I think Russell Wilson does it kind of well, on a different, maybe not necessarily from like a dissecting defenses, but just from a mental like I feel like he's very self aware, and I think he always makes the right decision. And a lot of it has to do with him scrambling too. But um, and not that Cam's not there yet. But that's that's the best part about Cam is his ceiling is is so much higher because he's so physically gifted.
1: His his ceiling is is huge. Uh, I think that Cam's going to have another very good 2016, and I, I don't know if he backs it up with a, uh, the same type of numbers that he had last year. But I think that this season is going to prove that last year was not a fluke for Cam Newton, and last year was not a fluke for Carolina. We talk all about their we talk all about Cam Newton and their offense. The other side of the ball, their defense is stellar too. Uh, Luke Kuechly there anchoring that defensive linebacker. Oh yeah, totally Argu- forgot about him. Right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. We 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 forget having Cam Newton. We forget about arguably the best linebacker in the game right now because he's that good.
0: They did lose Josh Norman, and it, now Carolina's argument would be, you know, we took this guy from nothing and made him something, so and, and maybe with, yeah with anybody, maybe possibly, but there's probably somewhere in the middle of that where they can take a guy and make him good. But also, Norman did have just his instinctual talents. A uh, great ball hawk as far as you know, judging when to go for it. So they'll still be a solid team. I haven't won in, I think, thirteen games. I think I think it's really so. You know, a, a, a small step back, but not really much at all. Just winning thirteen games is no easy feat.
1: I'm saying twelve and four, so just just one below you. But that's still going to be easily win this division. I don't think they have any problem repeating that. Um, and I think again they'll contend for a top spot in the NFC. I think it will be between. Uh, you know, it'll, Green Bay, who we talked about last week, them, and um, you know, there there could be a couple other teams out there. Yeah,
0: especially you know we haven't got to the West yet. You know, between uh, Arizona and Seattle, you just, yeah. they're definitely both. The, the players. Cow, yeah,
1: and the cow—they'll probably be competing with the spot for the Cowboys yeah. if they can. Romo you know, can was, stay healthy, especially. Yeah, as we talked about a couple weeks ago. So that's it for the NFC South. It'll be fun and interesting to watch. Now on to the first college preview of the season.
0: That's uh, it's almost there. I think like it's like. Two, two weeks, two Saturdays let's, from
1: now? Let's see. Well, remember, we start on a Thursday.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right.
1: Actually, this, this, this is interesting. The college football season starts Friday, August 26th, with Cal and Hawaii playing, or I think it's Cal and Hawaii. Yes, playing a game in
0: Australia. That, that's going to be interesting, yeah. Because the time there is is different. I, I don't. I wonder how that's going to work. I am really curious now. That's cool though. Um, and they're, I mean, they're still pretty far from Australia, but enough that they're closer because they're on the west coast. That's going to be real interesting. College football, yeah. It's, it's, it's taking the page from the NFL book, playing in different countries. So, but we'll stick with ACC because that's what we're doing for this week at least. Um, largely it's the last, you know, two to three years it's been, who you got, Florida State or Clemson? And, you know, last year was Clemson, the year before you're looking at Florida State. Um, and they te- they will be the two powerhouses going forward, at least in the inevitable future. Uh, let's start with Clemson. Um, obviously they had, uh, like Carolina, a near storybook ending. Just fell a little bit short against a great Nick Saban Alabama team. But that was one of the best you know. College football games of the season. Luckily, it was the championship game.
1: That's one of the best championship games uh, that we've had in in a while. Um, it was it was very entertaining. Everything from the the onside pooch kick to the the offensive explosion in the second half that both of those teams had. Uh, highly entertaining, great game. And, and as you said, Clemson came up just a little bit short. Not to Sean Watson's fault. No, not. It, it, it That's was, what I'm saying. He played amazing. Yeah, it's it, it wasn't anyone's fault by any means. It was just Alabama was just that much better that night than them.
0: I guess what I'm saying is you know you know I'm trying to think like you know going forward with with him. He, I feel like Clemson is just one of those teams that just keeps spit out guys. Kind of like kind of like Alabama. Now they may not has as much success as far as championships, but as far as talent, you know. The NFL talent especially, I mean, they had like three or four guys this year who got drafted, and at least two in the first round, I believe.
1: Yeah, the, defensively, they might take a step back. They're going to have a little bit of a tough time replacing what they did lose in the draft. Uh, defensive back, McKenzie Alexander, and then both of their DNs, Kevin Dodd, and most notably Shaq Lawson, who we talked about when we when we well, talked about you the Bills. He
0: got the injury going on, yeah.
1: But their offense is still going to be very good. Deshaun Watson comes back. He's going to be a, a, a Heisman contender. Yes, it's August, and we're already going to use the word Heisman. Um, they return one of their best receivers in Mike Williams, and they return their leading, not their leading rusher, but their top running back from last year in Wayne Goldman. So their offense is still going to be very explosive. The key to them still, as it was going into last year, is how is, can the line keep Deshaun Watson healthy?
0: Yeah, he's a little fragile at times. Um, not the biggest build, but enough. Not not totally fragile either. Um, they like to run the ball with him a lot, a lot of draws, um, you know, a lot of option plays with him. Um but, you know, I mean if he shows any prom I mean he's I think he is the lead candidate for me for Heisman. I don't know who you have, and I know it's kinda of early we're talking about it, but
1: he's he's definitely up there. I mean if if you're talking guys that you're looking that that were looking to contend for the Heisman, Deshaun Watson it has to be in the conversation.
0: I think if you gave me money, I'd bet him. So the other options are, you know, like Fournette, um the the guy from Stanford, uh the, Christian McCaffrey. Yes, yes, he'd be up there as well. So those are probably there's probably another guy I'm missing. But Watson's probably number one for me. So as long as you have that guy and he stays upright, you're gonna win minimum probably nine games. No, the, I think
1: they win way more than that. Yeah.
0: Well I guess Ten eleven I, I, football seasons keep getting longer and longer, I feel like when like back in the day, if you won ten games like when we were like six or seven, I was like ah you're you're going to, you're going to the ship,
1: yeah, double digit wins used to, used to be the thing, but now that it that's okay that we'll we'll more. say
0: it's eleven wins then minimum oh. of if they have thirteen games
1: they they open the season at Auburn, which if they come out flat, that game could be a little bit closer than they would like and, and it could scare a couple this could scare some people um. The big game, though, Halloween weekend, October 29th in Tallahassee. They take on Florida State, who in, in their division of the of the ACC are kind of the two runaway favorites. And it's kind of almost unfortunate that these guys have to be in the same division because that game won't decide. We'll, we'll never see them in the ACC championship game. But at the same time, we get that game every year. So they're, you're continuously going to get this Clemson-Florida State matchup.
0: Now, do most conferences have it so that the the divisions are set up like strategically geographically
1: as far as i know yeah most of them are, well you know sec as sec east and west Pac 12 north south the big 10 went to east west uh the big 12 used to be a north south thing but now they only have 10 so they don't do it um and even even the the American that Cincinnati is it's an east west thing even though Navy's in the so west so
0: ACC just does coastal and Atlantic coastal
1: and Atlantic it, it's not really split up um it it it's not it's kind of split in like a north south because you're, you're Pittsburgh North Carolina Virginia Tech um those guys are all in the coastal and then you're Clemson Florida State Miami. I'm, I'm blanking on the rest of the people in that division. I think Wake Forest is in the Atlantic. There or they might.
0: Who knows where they are? I mean, yeah, it's curious. Um,
1: um, so it's 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 kind of split north south. They don't really call it north
0: south. Okay, I gotcha. Had to be different. Yeah, you're right. It, it sucks because we won't get that game every year. Um, but I, th- I think I think that's the good thing. Oh no, no, sorry, sorry. Well, it'd just be nice if it was in the championship. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah,
1: yeah. But you know, it's kind of like it, it. You know, some years it would be nice if like. Like, the Ohio State and Michigan played each other 1-2 the last game of the regular season. Like, that would have been a really good... Like, you had you finally had a game where ranked 1-2 were actually playing each other. And while it turned out to be a great game, it, it would be have been that much better if it was the championship game. Um, but I, I think that this definitely helps to breed this rivalry between the two.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk about Florida State. They're obviously the, the biggest player outside of Clemson, I would say, initially going in. Um... Couple tough losses. I mean, you know, Clemson tight. And then the Georgia Tech one was just oh, unbelievable. That was terrible. That was unbelievable. That was just that's, that's like that's one of those gut wrenching losses where you're you're driving down the field like, okay, we got this, we got this, we got this. And then from all of some from zero to one hundred, you lost. And it's just you're just standing there as a family, like, oh my god, what happened? So basically they had the kick blocked and then just returned it is that correct i, I believe that's what happened with that yeah uh,
1: i can't remember if it was if it was a kick blocked or, or a fumble but i i think it was a a blocked field goal um and they they were leading at that time and i think they were just trying to add on to their add on to their lead May, maybe not leading by much um but yeah it got blocked and returned it Returned to the house for the, for Georgia Tech easily their biggest one of the year.
0: Yeah, and then they followed up with that that pathetic showing against Houston.
1: Oh yeah, that was
0: got, roust- got That was
1: that was kind of a, a Houston coming out party, but I, I think that Florida State was just really defeated from the end of their season and they weren't really excited about their game, and I think that was just it, Houston was amped up to be in a new in a New Year's Six bowl, and they just it, it was kind of a close. I mean, they were they only won by. Two scores, so it wasn't a t- complete blowout. But I but from Houston, was, they controlled the game. Houston controlled that game from the start to the finish. Yeah,
0: yeah. They do come back, so they got Shaw McGuire, who actually played better than I thought he would. And, you know, replacing Jameis, like he wasn't. Yeah. He's not Jameis, but he's not a bad option necessarily. And then, of course, you got Cook, who has plenty of off the field issues, but can run the football. And outside of Fournette. And you, some people say he's equal as Fournette. He's he's the the best runner in college football.
1: Yeah, I I think that he and Fournette are are kind of a little bit different type of runners. While while they both have, they both have the ability to to be physical and and run kind of in the trenches. I think that Fournette is is much better running between the tackles and running guys over. You know, as we saw in the Auburn game last year and almost any other game that he that he ran in, um, minus the Alabama game. And we well. we'll We'll say that for for the SEC, uh, he's he's going to be their their workhorse in this offense. They're going to lean on him, and rightfully so. He's he's quick. He makes people miss in space. They defensively are going to have to find a way to replace Jalen Ramsey. That was a big loss. Him being taken in the top five. Well, uh, well, I don't think it'll be a huge loss because it, it's it's a defensive back position, which in college you can more easily cover with your defenses and and with with quarterbacks not being as mentally developed as uh, NFL quarterbacks and being able to to make defenses work the way they want them to. So that will kind of is like a blessing in disguise for them almost. Um, They open the season in Orlando against Ole Miss, and that game I think will tell us a lot about Florida State because they could either come out and and Ole Miss could play them tough and play them really close or – they have the potential; they could just blow Ole Miss out of the water.
0: Yeah. So as as a football coach, it's always I feel like stressful when you play that large of a game going up front because you you would probably think Florida State has the edge, but you know Ole Miss has continued to at least be a contender in the last past couple of years. But at the same time, you know you maybe you want to if you do have that one loss, great you know to get it out of the way early as opposed to losing late. So. I am curious who wins. I would probably take Florida State, but wouldn't rule we'll Miss out in that game.
1: So, uh, also in the Atlantic, you you have Louisville, who could kind of play a little bit of a spoiler in that division. At least that, that's how I kind of see them. They they return a lot from from last year's team, and Bobby Petrino has another year with these guys. Uh, I'm going to take Florida State to win the Atlantic because I think. I think what helps them is in that Clemson showdown is in Tallahassee. I think that that is what's going to kind of put that game over the edge for them. Um, so I have them winning the Atlantic and getting to the ACC championship game.
0: Louisville, uh, yeah, I remember they showed some promise. And initially I thought it was because they were hanging tight with Auburn. And then I realized Auburn wasn't very good at the beginning of last year. Um, they're always – I feel like they're kind of scrappy um last few years. I remember it was a couple of years back when they beat Florida in that, that game. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, the Sugar Bowl, yeah,
1: when they, yeah. Had, when they had Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, yeah. yeah that so was only three, maybe four years ago. It was three years ago, I want to say. Yeah.
0: So they're always in the mix. Uh, obviously, I, I, I still don't think anyone has a shot outside of you know Florida State clubs in. But they could maybe mess it up for one of those teams. Uh, I don't think they have any chance of winning it, but they they could play spoiler definitely.
1: Going to the other side of the conference – the Coastal Division, North Carolina was the the story coming out of there. They had an undefeated conference record, 8-0, in um, in the ACC last year. And they almost beat Clemson. They were a onside kick away from winning the ACC championship game, and that would have thrown the playoff into a whole other realm of chaos. I think they're going to contend uh, uh, in their division again, but early games against Georgia and going to Florida State, I think, are kind of going to um, keep them out of the driver's seat in that division.
0: So they still have Marquise Williams, right? Yes. Okay, so I, I was drawing a name on him. I, I went and researched him. So he, I remember last year, uh, I, one of the very first games I watched was when they played South Carolina, and they almost had that game. He, he he messed it up, threw a pick right in the end zone towards the end of the game. But other than that, he, he was nothing but spectacular. Great runner. Uh, he single-handedly almost beat Clemson. I mean, they are scoring points on him. And you know, as long as he's playing quarterback and they kind of utilize his running ability, I mean, they should be should be players again, and, and hopefully meet up with one of those Clemson or Florida State teams going forward.
1: Yeah, the Georgia game is a, I guess, neutral neutral in quotes game because it's played at, at the Georgia Dome. But uh, but I, I think that Georgia is going to take them. Um, so they'll they'll they could make some noise if if other teams in their division kind of. uh kind of fall back to them. The team that I'm looking to I guess make the biggest jump in the Coastal Division, the Miami Hurricanes. Last year they c- continued their trend of kind of um, uh, uh, mediocre seasons after having high expectations early. Um I believe they finished the season 7 and 5, 7 and 6 maybe. I think they're 7-6. <laughs> um so just below 500, but they got rid of Al Golden which everybody except Al Golden seems to be uh seems to be happy about.
0: I've never seen the city of Miami more on board about something recently than that, than getting rid of Al Golden.
1: I mean, I, I just think back to when Miami came up here to play UC on a Thursday night game, and somebody paid the plane to fly around Nipper Stadium with a banner behind it that said, Fire Out Golden. It couldn't and have been some, cheap. Somebody had it as a website, too. It was like fireoutgolden.com.
0: <laughs> That's a lot. Uh, they, I think they got a steal of Mark Richt. Uh, I've always been saying he's a great coach, and, and I know he don't, never got you know that elusive you know SEC championship win he was close he's close he should have that one year against Alabama yeah um Aaron Murray I think Georgia
1: Georgia fans just kind of got tired of having him as being a guy that was almost so it's like well maybe we're not going to get any better but we need something different that's how
0: I feel about Marvin Lewis quite often (laughs) uh so I can understand that um now they might feel differently I I think you know you know Kirby's gonna be good there so it shouldn't be too big a deal yeah uh, but as far as Miami you know they get I didn't know this until it happened but I didn't know Mark Rick was actually a quarterback there.
1: Yeah, former quarterback. And and while he was at Georgia he was living in the the South Florida area.
0: Huh. Maybe that's another reason why they didn't want him so much. It's, it's kind of weird when you're living in a different place. I think
1: he, like he had a home oh, okay. there as well because he was he, because he's from the area he went there that kind of thing.
0: I think it's good recruiting tool especially for someone who actually went to school there and can maybe recruit the Miami talent and, and cause not that they still don't get a lot of that talent, but they are losing some of that inner city talent yeah. to other, to other schools now. So he's going to be good. You think they're gonna be good right away. Is that, is that true or no?
1: I, I think that they're going to be a bit of a surprise team. I, I, you would think we, you know, with a new coach and with where Miami's kind of coming from that a little bit of, of I uh, I don't know if I'd call it slow, but maybe, not in, in immediate impact by Mark Richt, maybe like a year two or three kind of thing. They, they contend to win the division. I think they're going to – I'm just going to say it, I think they're going to win the the Coastal this year. Um, I That's think a bold statement. It is bold, and I'm, and I'm sticking to I'm it right glad, now. I'm glad. Hot take. This nice. is, yeah, hot take. Uh, That's good. They don't play Clemson. They get Florida State at home, which I don't think they beat Florida State, but having them at home helps. Um, they do have to travel to Notre Dame. That's, that's going to stink, and I'm counting that as a loss, and I'm also counting the Florida State game as a loss. I think those are their two losses.
0: In, in, for the whole season? I think they finish the regular season 10-2, well, I mean, and two, then they play the and then they make a trip
1: to the ACC championship game.
0: Wow. that's I, I don't think they get past uh, North Carolina. I even think Pitt might be better than them.
1: That's going to be... I think that's going to be the game of that division. Uh, I, I'm not sure where that game's at, but Pitt's going to be very good, too, because... They've got James Conner back after his, his uh, I believe it was an Achilles injury last year, and then also he when he was diagnosed late last year or early in the off season with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma disease. Um, but he's he's been undergoing chemo, and he's expected, I believe, to be back this season.
0: So, if you're Miami, you get Mark Ricked in. Hopefully, he makes some changes, especially a quarterback with with Kaya, because if he gets him to play. To his potential, that's been stated. You know that could change a lot, and you know that that could be the difference between seven wins and ten wins. Possibly, don't think it's going to happen. But I, I'm glad you went out there and said it.
1: I might look like an idiot at the end of the season, but I'm I'm sticking to it right now. I I am I don't. They, they're not winning the ACC. Let me be clear on that. I think that it's going to be Florida State, Miami ACC championship game. I think Florida State wins that game. I, I think that Florida State's out on a mission to prove that they, um. The, the, the 2015 was a fluke for them, especially things like the Georgia tech loss and the Houston loss. Um, I think Jimbo's going to have them right that ship. And I think that they are your ACC champion in 2016. Okay.
0: Uh, going to try to end the episode pretty quickly. Do you have any other thoughts on the ACC at all?
1: No, other, other than that Pittsburgh and, and Louisville, I look at as teams that could contend in their divisions, uh, and then also Duke, I see possibly taking a little bit of a step backwards, which is which is David Cukliff has doing a good job there of kind of bringing that program back. I think they kind of take a step back this year because they're they're replacing a lot of a lot of guys on both offense and the defense. Okay,
0: I'm always curious what happened to Virginia Tech. I don't know if they're ever coming back anytime soon because they've been struggling lately. That's another By one, their too, standards
1: that for the first time in a long time. Twenty some years, I think. I think Frank Beamer was a the coach there longer than we've been alive. Uh, this is their first season without Frank Beamer. Uh, Justin Fuente from Memphis is now their head coach there, so it'll be interesting. It, it's truly the the start of a new era in in Blacksburg. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Okay, awesome.
0: So that's all we got for this week. Uh, make sure to go to SportsHappyHour.com dot com to check out all the other podcasts under the Go for Three tab. Also, if you want to check out just general more sports topics with me and Ross, uh, go to Sports Happy Hour as well. Subscribe to both via iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Just search for 3. Not too hard. You can subscribe or you can download individual ones. But either way, just go ahead and do that. And then at Twitter is at Gopher underscore um, 3. Make sure to go there. I know AJ said well, I told him we want to mix in some polls. Get yeah, the, we're going to have some polls coming up this get week. The, yeah, uh, get, the, um, get the listeners involved. Um, outside of that, not a whole lot. Next week, we'll finish up the NFL previews with NFC West and then I'm not sure which uh college conference you wanted to go with but we can we can talk about that.
1: Uh I don't know what the what the Okay. We'll see.
0: We'll so let's kinda of do I think I like working east to west. East to West keep so keep we'll go that.
1: with uh let's go let's go with, with the Big Ten then. Okay, go with Big Ten. Yeah. Alright
0: cool. Alright, well uh we will see you guys next week and until then take care.